inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time on WDEV for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street, Waitsfield. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. By your locally-owned Montpelier Agway Farm and Garden on East Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By P&R Lumber, a family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need. Route 15 in Woolkit. By the Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. By Dandelion Acres Garden Center, right on Vermont Route 107 in Bethel. And by Poly Construction, a contractor you can trust, where one call does it all, on Gregory Drive in South Burlington. Telephone lines are open right now for your call for Peter Burke on In the Garden, 244-1777. And here's the host of our program, Peter Burke. Hey, Joe. Hello. How are you today? Okie dokie. It's yeah. a beauty out there. Yeah. I was coming in and and a perfect day, perfect day to be out in the garden. In fact, uh, I hope all of you are taking a break and listening to the show and uh, let me know what you're doing in your garden. Um, I'm going to, uh, there's a couple things, uh, to do in the garden and I'm going to continue on the, the list I started last week. Uh, but before I do that, I just want to mention that now is the time that if you didn't cut your asparagus, uh, early in the spring when they first came up, you can go ahead and cut your, the ferns down and get a second crop. So, um, this would be if for some reason, uh, like me, I, you, I wasn't able to get in and cut my asparagus <laughs> for several very good reasons. I'm going to go and cut down those asparagus and get a second crop. Well, in this case, my first crop. So, uh, that's one thing you can do right away. It's also a good time to plant those daikon radishes and the Chinese cabbage for your, uh, for fall. If you want to make some kimchi or just enjoy daikon and, uh, uh, and the Chinese cabbage, the daikon uh, stores really well in the cold cellar. So it's a good, uh, time to plant and, um, you know, we, uh, you can get daikon radishes 10, 12, even as long as 20 inches if you have a good deep soil. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good keeper and it's certainly very, very productive and, and, uh, it's good for breaking up, uh, any hard pan you might have in your, in your, uh, in your garden beds. Uh, that being said, let's see what other reminders. Where did we leave off last, last week was with the, um, uh, let's see now, where did we leave off? I had the garden maintenance and we were talking about all these good things. <laughs> well, where, where I left off was with watering. Nope, nope, with feeding. That's it. Uh, and a lot of times I feed my plants along while I'm watering, uh, by using a foliar feed. So um, if you mix up a, a gallon or two gallons on your, with your sprayer, uh, you put in uh, uh, two to four ounces of um, a fish emulsion or a seaweed uh, fish emulsion combination. And while you're watering your plants in the evening or first thing in the morning, they'll all that also will feed feed them. 
Now, you can use this both as a, the cup and bucket method where you're putting the water right down on the, right on the root system of the, you know, right at the stem of each plant, or you can use it as a foliar feed. And, uh, that will work very well, uh, for almost everything. For almost everything will, will benefit from that. Even your apple trees or your fruit trees, uh, your berry bushes, if you're so inclined, that's, uh, it's a great way to feed your plants, uh, with an extra boost of, ni- boost of nitrogen right about this time when they're, they're flowering and fruiting and, uh, putting out a lot of, uh, a lot of vegetation. So we want to feed those plants and I always suggest that you use sort of a, a two-pronged approach, more or less. Um, you use a dry fertilizer, uh, you know, about a teaspoon per square foot or a teaspoon on a, say, like a broccoli plant or whatever. And right about now, you've probably cut your the first heads of your broccoli plant. So you want to go ahead and feed them and, and uh, give them a, a little extra because then they'll start to put out those side shoots. So you want to feed them with a dry fertilizer uh, because the dry fertilizer basically takes a while to break down. It's not going to break down all at once. It's not going to fertilize those plants tomorrow or the next day or even uh, the next month. It's going to take a little while for those things to actually get into the soil and start to feed the plants because they need to be acted on um, uh so that they're they're really broken down into just simple ions of nitrogen, potassium, phosphate, you know, and then then the further ones, you know, like uh, the sulfur and all those other things need to be broken down. They needed some chemical action, you know, some, and uh, with a combination of water and time, those things break down in the soil, so they don't feed the plant right away. What you're doing is you're just sort of um you're giving them a constant source of those um those elements so that the plant has them in the soil to use at a further date that's why i recommend using the foliar spray um uh, foliar spray uh, as well as the uh the the dry uh, fertilizer um, I like the ProGrow. You know, it's I often talk about that because it's a it's a good organic uh, fertilizer. Has a lot of the stuff that that helps to keep maintain a, a good balance and and resources for for the plants. So that's feeding. Well, we all need to be fed. So do our plants. And you want to make sure that each that the plants have a wealth of Good, um, good food, so to speak, just like we do with our kids and with ourselves. Also, this is a time going further down the line here to start picking. Um, you pick those outer leaves of your lettuces right along. You should still be picking them. Uh, I was down in Springfield at my son's garden down there and, uh, uh, they had uh, some lettuces bolting and, uh, you, you know, some people like a, a bitter lettuce and sort of like an endive, and uh, bitter greens are, are um, you know, a culinary treat for some folks. Um, I found that I use endive in my minestrone soup, and I got to thinking, well, that's a bitter leaf. As I was looking at some bolting uh, romaine lettuce, I thought, huh, I wonder if that would work to replace the endive in my minestrone soup. And sure enough, it works really well. It works uh, uh, perfectly. They've got a good uh, tough leaf that... that um, you know, softens up in the in the soup and and makes a, a great green to use, and so you're not wasting anything even as it starts to bolt. And so uh, let's see, it's not quite my blueberries are not quite ready to pick. They're they're starting to fill out some, um, but the uh, strawberries, from what I understand, are pretty much gone by. It was a short season for strawberries because of the extreme heat we had last month. Um, but, you know, strawberry is a strawberry, big or small. It's, it's still going to be delicious. So if you had strawberries and you're picking them, you know, you want to keep them picked, uh, uh, pretty thoroughly so that, uh, so they don't attract the, um, uh, chipmunks and the birds and all those other critters that like, uh, to feast on your strawberries. Um, 
And then what else are we picking? Uh, well, like I said, you, if you've got your heads of uh, broccoli, you want to make sure you cut them while the head is still nice and tight. If you see any yellow florets coming up out of the head, you know that uh, it's really time to pick. And not that that, that ruins them uh, by any means. They still cook up fine and the little flower heads are okay. And, uh, you know, the 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 plants are, are, I mean, the heads are still delicious. But you, as soon as you get that off, again, like I said, you want to feed that broccoli plant and water it real good because your side shoots will keep coming right up until November. Important, important picking. What else are we picking now? Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, Lucy from, from work. She's our office manager and she's up, um, she has a camp up up uh, by the lake and she planted some early big tomatoes. She got one of those, you know, two foot tomatoes and put it in. She's picking tomatoes already. <laughs> I, sort of, I was a bit envious, honestly. <laughs> she had the Cherokee, that sort of dark, dark uh, purple one, and then some regular uh, small uh, saladet tomatoes. And they, they were great. They looked very nice. And uh, what else do you want to keep picking? Well, actually, I've been surprised that, uh, what it, you know, you want to cut those uh, garlic scapes. We talked about that last week. Good time to, to cut them now. Um, it's really the debate is out as to whether it, it makes, uh, it sends more energy into the bulb or not. Some people say, no, you don't have to cut them. And other people say, oh, you must cut them. So uh, I cut mine just simply because I find that garlic scapes are delicious and and they make a great pesto, and uh, they even make a, a, a really good, uh, just plain old sauce. If you put them, uh, put them into uh, the blender and make sort of a garlic green sauce, which is really delicious. And uh, I put that right on, uh, right on uh, my my veggie burgers, and uh, while I'm roasting them, and I'll tell you what, that, that <laughs> that's that's really good. So, and also you can use that as a dipping sauce, but if I'm using a dipping sauce, I'd add a little sour cream or, or something like that to soften it up a little bit because the garlic straight up is, is a little strong. So you're picking, uh, what else are we picking, Joel? Anything else? Um, I love the fact that the wild uh, blackberries are ready for. First, yes. whoever comes first in the yeah. in the park, yeah. I found a I found a quite a patch and and uh, well. You want to tell us where it is? <laughs> well, it's in Colchester. I'll oh, there you go. go. So you can narrow it down to that part. But yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I heard that the blackberries were were uh, were out, which seems early to me by a few weeks anyway. It, it did seem early to me, but uh, maybe the birds thought it was early too because <laughs> I had first picking, first time ever I've had first picking on anything <laughs> that, that birds would be interested in. Yeah, that that's a uh, that's a funny thing. Of course, the, the beauty of gardening. Is that it's always a little different every season, depending upon, you know, hot days, cold days, rain, no rain, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, when I visited my son's garden, I was really pleased. He had uh, those um, drip uh, irrigation, and that worked really well for him. He said he was really happy with that because, you know, you could turn it on because he's got a lot of other things to do too, and and you could turn that on and let it go for a while, and and your watering was all done. Looks like we have a, a caller on the line. Maybe they've done some early picking of things. So let us check in. Good afternoon. You're on the air with Peter Burke, your first name in town. This is just Nola calling to just. share my <clears throat> deep and intimate relationship with wild blackberries. <laughs> um, and I will not stay long, but as I've said, we live in Ripton. We yep. do live in the middle of the woods where we've carved out a little hole for our gardens in our home mm-hmm. and in the greenhouse right now oh let's go check on the lettuce and there we have wild blackberries <laughs> coming up all you have to do is go under the greenhouse and come back up again <laughs> they are by far I, I guess I could use a negative word or a positive but talk about resilience any mm-hmm. place where there's good ground they're mm-hmm. pushing through mm-hmm. um, same with my back garden there's wild blackberries and Part of me wants to go and go, and just cut them out. <laughs> Part of me wants to be polite and say, okay, just don't 
don't eat everything good in the soil because my plants want some of it too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, yes, I, I very vigorous to... plants. And here we watch them thinking, well, boy, oh boy, we'll get to pick some. Oh, it's the day before we think we'll pick. The bear comes and <laughs> munches them up. So we need to share. Good so. reason to keep them out of the greenhouse because that's not someplace you want the bear. And um, <laughs> I I recommend that you pull that up and trace it right back to the wall and cut it off because. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's just I'm I'm very very impressed. Yeah. by how aggressive and resilient they are. The only thing that I compares with that is peppermint or any kind of mint plant. They they will send out runners that that look like a, a wiring diagram in a in a building. They've just <laughs> very very true. Um so I'll I'll get out of your way. I'll close by saying why do I ro- uh, memorize Robert Frost poetry? Uh-huh. So on the other station the other night VPR classical. Yeah. They were featuring both Patriotic music was close to the 4th of July, mm-hmm. and Frostiana. Oh, really? And, um, you know, the first song that the Mormon Tabernacle, Tabernacle Choir sang was the one that everybody knows, Two Roads to Perched in Yellowwood. But they continued, and I thought, hey, I just memorized that poem. <laughs> so I got to sing along with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Oh, well, good song for you. called The Telephone. Maybe you'll call us later with either. a poem, huh? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we have a call uh, on the line. Uh, so calling on the telephone, like yeah, Robert Frost said. Yeah. Have a great day. Okay, okay, Nola, thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Okay, Jake in Springfield. Hey, buddy. Hi, this is uh, Jake from Springfield, Vermont. Yeah. Hey, Dad. <laughs> How's it going, pal? Jake Burke, that is. <laughs> hey, I heard you talking about my garden earlier, and uh, yeah, yeah. so, uh, well, actually, I had some questions about um, mulching because I'm going to have to leave here for a month or so, and I won't be able to be mm. tending to the garden. There'll be mm. other people around here, so I'm I'm the sort of resident gardener for mm-hmm. a group of friends and artists who are yep. uh, working on a performance, and uh, so yeah. we're about to uh, per- put on a performance, And uh, so, but after that, everyone's going to leave, so I'm going to go too. And, well, actually, I'm going to go visit you, Dad. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, so, but while I'm gone, I don't want to turn it into a big weed patch, so yeah, I, I started, uh, we had a ton of cardboard in the barn, mm-hmm. and I just started laying that down on the paths as yep. a sort of a start. Yep. And um, I went to the transfer station recently and noticed they have a huge, just sort of like leaf mulch pile from people's lawns. And uh, so I started putting that under the tomatoes and things. Uh But I just kind of wanted to see if other people have tried that, just like laying cardboard down on the path and seeing it has it like gone wrong in any way. Does it like blow around in a storm and knock over everything? I don't know anything like that. Yeah. I've I've used cardboard in the upper garden there. I don't know if you noticed, but there's some cardboard up there. And um, it's very much like, uh, you know, your fabric. Uh, the landscape fa- fabric, it needs to be tied down. You need to use those staples. Uh, the, they're about six inches. I, I think you're probably familiar with them. So you want to make sure that they're tied down because they will dry out. And when they dry out, a good gust of wind will, they'll become almost like a, a, a hatchet. They'll, they'll fly up and cut your, um, you know, uh, cut your, the stems of the, of your plants. So you want to make sure that they're really well tied down. And so you'll have to use them on, on all of the edges as they overlap. Um, you want to make sure you overlap them. And the second thing about cardboard you want to watch is actually cardboard is not very porous. So you'll get uh, quite a bit of puddling uh, where you have cardboard. And so you want to take a, a punch and just do a, a, just a simple series of holes in each piece so that you have, you know, maybe 8, 10 inches apart so that the water will will go down through without puddling and um, and when you're talking about uh, mulches right if you're going to use those leaves you want to use those those under your plants so you have your your row your walking row and then you've got your plant row so the mulch under your plant row if you're not using like a plastic mulch or something like that, um, mm. you want to use something like the, the leaves or straw. You, you never want to use anything like hay because that's just loaded with seeds. 
And uh, right. so you want to use either like the, the, the leaves, like you're saying, the mulch leaves, or or just a regular straw. And then that'll keep that will actually uh, work as a mulch for the whole garden. You know, you'll have your rows, uh, you know, well protected with your cardboard, and then your your plant rows uh, protected with a with a mulch a thick. And that could be as much as six inches thick, uh, the leaves. So you, you can you can use quite a bit of that. And that you want to water as well. Uh, so you want to water down that uh, the cardboard, and then uh, you'll want to water down your your leaves. Otherwise, they'll blow like crazy. Yeah, I see what you're saying about the cardboard drying out. I thought with these, I put put it down maybe three days ago, and I thought this last storm we had, I thought it would be totally soaked. Soaked, but. I'm walking out here now, and it's all dry again. <laughs> so uh, I was hoping it kind of get wet and hold itself down right. and just kind of mold into the ground. I but... know the feeling very well, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so and I, I learned the hard way. <laughs> I lost a potato plant. <laughs> or two. To the, to the cardboard knife blowing around. <laughs> Well, that's fun. And, yeah, if anyone else listening has other ideas, yeah. I'd love to hear them. Yeah, and, we'll uh, put it out to the gardeners here, and uh, <laughs> if they have any other ideas, that would be great. And I guess I have one more question while yeah. I'm on here. Sure. I, um, I got all these kind of donated tomato starts that were, uh, like, root-bound. Uh-huh. Um, I was really hoping to have some tomatoes to serve to all these um, like artists and performers that are here just until the end of July. And yeah. the tomatoes, they're just really teasing us. I mean, they're loaded, but it's like, when are you going to turn red? And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. Is there any way to, like, hurry them along? Is there, like, well, I, actually, last last uh, last yeah. week, Forbes, uh, wasn't it Forbes who told us uh, the trick that one of his, uh, uh, they were down in um, uh Burlington, you know that the the community garden down there, and and he's the one particular farmer at the farmers market oh, always had red. Yeah, that's me that told. I oh, put the past oh, wasn't Forbes? Be, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. it was you. Yeah, no, I, I for years I asked, how come you get them first? And he explained, <laughs> just trans, just what, what, once you got little green tomatoes on the plants, just transplant them, you know, two feet over, <laughs> or switch, pl- t- have them switch places with one another, and the, and they're shocked that, so that they get red just about a you know three or four days earlier. So a terrific uh, show he puts on at the farmers market. Yeah, yeah. So, so thanks to to Joel here, we have a tip on how to get those to redden up. <laughs> so you're saying they dig out the root and move it over. Uh, nice big root ball, you know, nice big root ball, and yep. of course you move it to another good spot and and uh, and then water the heck out of it, and it'll turn those uh, tomatoes red. It'll sort of force them to ripen quicker. So, you know, it'd be worth trying for a few of them anyway. Yeah, I don't think I can do it for the whole row. But no, maybe no. One or two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you the, so much. The Joel other option you have, Jake, is to uh, start to explore green tomato recipes. So <laughs> we use yeah. we use awesome. gr- uh, green tomatoes in our um, on our in our refrigerator pickle recipe. You know, the one that we use with the uh, cucumbers. And uh, that vinegar mix, uh, um, and uh, she just put uh, every green tomato she had right at that point, uh, sliced them up, uh, you know, not not too thick, and put them in that, and they were they were very delicious. We even used them in sandwiches. <laughs> Give that a try. You know, it's. <laughs> When uh, when you get uh, lemons, you know, make lemonade. And when you get green tomatoes, well, make something with green tomatoes. Fried green tomatoes, yum. Absolutely terrific. You can batter them and fry them. Oh, wow. So uh, you can have some uh, happy, smiling faces or even with green tomatoes. <laughs> and, the, and the refrigerator pickles only take a day, uh, two days to make. So, you know, you could have them fairly quickly, too. Yeah. 
Okay, buddy. Well, enjoying the uh, bolted lettuce. I just haven't really had the heart to cut the tops off it. <laughs> we don't have any other lettuce coming in, so. Oh, yeah. I don't know. These people, the yeah. folks here, I guess they just don't mind having a little bit of lettuce. So nope, nope. I think I'm actually going to let it all go to seed and uh, uh-huh. harvest the leaves all along the way. So I'm excited yeah, about that. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that. But you've yeah. got your, um, you've got your, uh, your, um, uh, sunflower sprouts there, and That's then right. you, you can do your, you know, the pea shoots and all the rest. But uh, I guess I'll see yeah. you. Uh, I'll see you. What is it? Is it Saturday? No, it's Friday. Is that Friday in Montpelier? The Hubbard That's Park. That's right. Yeah, you guys Friday are doing the, the dance thing there. All right. Good. Yeah. So we're doing a dance theater performance. Uh, with, well, I'm not in it, but uh, yeah. my my wife Nikki is, and uh, oh, okay. it's. Uh, well, yeah, I think it's going on to the WDEV calendar, so yeah, yeah. Uh, you can look for more information there. Yeah, the party and, calendar, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, but this weekend okay. and next weekend, there are these, the dance theater performances about 2020, kind of processing it and grieving it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I saw it last night, and I was just brought to tears. So. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, great. Thanks for the question, Bunny, and and we'll see what people uh, can, uh, can can help us out with the cardboard mulch. All right. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Have a... Yeah. Bye-bye. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. It's in the garden with Peter Burke, and here's Peter with Forbes. <laughs> hey, Forbes. How are Hi, you? How are you? <laughs> good, good. Well, it's me. I alarm. The uh, Asian fruit fly is out, Drusilia. Uh, 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 that's the uh, spotted really, wing? Is that the spotted? Yep, yeah, two spotted wing. Mm. They're, uh, how they basically hit you is, it's like in blueberries, uh, of course, they attack any fruit, but as soon as they show a little bit of color, yes. you know, uh, ripening, yep. Yep. turning blue, that's what they hit you. Yeah. And what do you, uh, what do you use to combat them? Well, I, I've been using um, Captain Jack's, which mm-hmm. is a, mm-hmm. a spinosad, yeah. but I'm also experimenting with uh, some cedar oil and garlic. No kidding. And some pyrithium, of course. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, I, I'll let you know how that works out, but I bought a bunch of garlic and, and pressed it and uh, adding that to the cedar oil. <laughs> and so I'm going to... Uh, Was everybody in your house saying, what are you cooking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do it outside. Oh, good boy, good boy. Yeah. You've been well trained yeah. then. <laughs> but um, so I took that section, one block, and I'm just going to isolate that and do that with... Uh, I won't use the uh, Captain Jacks or the mm-hmm. Spinosad. I'll mm-hmm. use the cedar oil mm-hmm. and garlic mm-hmm. and some pyrethium and, and uh, experiment with that and see what uh, kind of results I get. I'll let you know. Um, but anybody that's got blueberries, uh, of course, the telltale sign is like a hypodermic needle puncher mm-hmm. in the blueberry. Yeah, well, I guess I'm, And if you see I'm, that, uh, they live, live in it, and the blueberry will stay right in the bush, yeah. but then all of a sudden get soft. Mm. And if you open them up, then you'll see the little the larvae, white uh, maggot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, boy, they can hit you hard. I mean, within two or three days, they can wipe out uh, everything you have. Boy, you must uh, really get right on it. Now, how did you discover that they were out? Did you use a trap? Well, I could see uh, some of my fruit was actually uh, injured. Oh, really? And, uh, Do you, uh, now, sometimes they say to use those yellow, uh, you know, traps, the glue traps, and then you right. can see when the which one is it, the male or the female that you're watching for. Well, uh, I don't know if they're pheromone treated, uh, sexual mm-hmm. uh, scented. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly they are. They would trap out the male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because the female, of course, if they don't breed, won't have any need to uh, mm-hmm. deposit their eggs. Right. Right. So that saves you. Yeah. Use it in the orchard. 
When I was reading about it uh, a couple of years ago, it seemed like the traps were just to let you know that they were there. They weren't actually going to uh, prevent yeah, monitoring anything. They were, spray. There's more of a yeah. monitoring, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you couldn't trap out that amount. Yeah. Yeah. So the so you uh, don't put unnecessary spray onto any of your right. fruits or vegetables. Where do you find cedar oil? Uh, actually, uh, there's an outfit I send away to, and I'm trying to think uh, uh-huh. so you, you name find, of it. I, you, uh, you're able to get it, it online, you, but they yeah just specialize in, in cedar and mm-hmm. um, for everything from uh, ticks. Basically, that's what they basically using it for. Mm-hmm. And you dilute it, and you can spray your whole yard and everything else with it. And you get protection with, with cedar oil. Two to three uh, weeks. Now, I was looking at uh, um, I was looking at uh, stuff about sick, the ticks this morning because uh, I found a tick on myself, and I thought, oh man. Um, yeah. There was another oil, and it was a like a eucalyptus oil, oil of lemon yeah. eucalyptus. Right, eucalyptic. Uh, Lemon, uh, lemon oil. You can make up about anything you want, really. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're they're nasty, really, really bad. What I do is I bought uh, a painter's outfit. Yeah. You know the white. Yeah, the white. Yeah. Yeah, the ones that breathe, not the waterproof ones. Yeah. And they have elastic uh, either booties or they'll have elastic yeah. cuffs. Yeah. On both wrist and and a uh, hood part. And they're cheap enough, so I put those on when I go out, and you'll be surprised. You'll see them all over. Of course, being white, you can see them, mm, mm. but they can't get to you. Otherwise, you're going to pick up some pretty nasty uh, stuff from it. Yeah, and well, they are out there. And there's a way to treat that cloth with a pyrethrum that uh, right. that lasts yeah, I for. Spray you do spray them with a pyrethrum. Yeah, I make up a. a, a Again, with the cedar, pyrethium, uh-huh. and whatnot, into uh, just a hand sprayer, uh-huh. and I spray spray the whole yeah. uh, thing. There are clo- there is clothing actually that you can buy that yeah. are actually um, they're laundered in uh, pyrethium. Yeah, my daughter was. They have me uh, about seen. probably a ten or fifteen wash cycles before it's completely out of the system, but you can buy. Shirts, pants, and socks. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that seems to make good sense, you know, to go ahead and and uh, arm yourself uh, with some sort of something like that. Because uh, yeah. I was so surprised, um, you know, I, I have a prosthesis on one of my legs, and I, I never thought that they'd actually hook onto that, but it was on that leg that I found it, uh, you know, all the way at the top of my, uh, the front of my my thigh. And it was uh, had just attached, and uh, 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 what I didn't know, and and the lady who was doing PT with me said, "Oh no, you, they have to be there long enough that they actually, you know, fill out with blood, and then and then they can transfer the the stuff." So if you found it when it was first attached, it wasn't it's not you know lethal with the. So. I think the threshold is three days. Yeah. Right. Right. And what I do is when I find them, I put Vicks on them. Vicks? Oh. Yeah, I just take Vicks, and I rub it right on them before I start. To, and they they don't like that, and they <laughs> back out usually so you get the head out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't i got to write that either. down. Vicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it seems to work good. Of course, <laughs> living alone creates another problem. <laughs> well, well, say that again. You have to have multiple mirrors. Yeah, a leaving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well. But anyway, that's um, good. And they, um, the only thing that kills ticks yeah. is prolonged dryness. Oh really? Because they have to have a host to live. Otherwise, they dehydrate and completely dry up, and, and they're gone. Mm, mm. So but with this extra water and everything else, they're pretty. pretty yeah. Uh, I, I, I heard a bunch of people say that it was an especially bad year for ticks. And, right. Uh, uh, you know that people walking through the woods were seeing not not one or two, but you know, m- literally dozens and dozens of them jumping up. So. Yeah, yeah. With the moisture, they that's what, and of course they'd have to live on a host. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they usually go to mice, field mice. Oh. Oh. Like okay. That. And that's where they basically pick up the disease end of the thing. Uh, 
from one of the uh, ground you know, ground dwelling. Oh, okay. Huh. But, well, uh, yeah, um, battle. From, yep. uh, from ticks, uh, back to the, uh, Asian fruit fly. <laughs> right. Uh, you've noticed they're out and it's time to start spraying, uh, right. spinosad yeah. or, or whatever combination of pyrethrum you use. I right. wonder if the straight pyrethrum would work too. I'm sure it would. Um, we're over the bee, uh, and, and monarch butterfly pollination yeah. Yeah, right. time so that, uh, your injury rate to pollinators and everything else, you still got to be sensitive of it, but yeah. timing is important. It's best early or when everything's got a little bit of moisture uh-huh. leaves and whatnot. Yeah. Because that uh, has a tendency to spread it, and then when it dries, you get better protection. Uh, I see. I got you. Not in the heat of the day. All right. Good. Good. And well, that's that... before even bees or your insects really get going. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's what it works for me. But it's a constant battle. Out there. It's uh, their world. We're just living in it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, I, right. I've actually was looking into actually spraying the yard, you know, to as a preventative. And uh, uh, the pyrethrum seems to be the one that uh, you know most most of the advice is to use the pyrethrum and yeah, which and, is a plant. Yeah, yeah, the chrysanthemum, right? Chrysanthemum, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then of course you only have to, you just have to be careful of a pond or anything that has fish in it and that kind of stuff for, for until it dries up. But it only takes about twenty thirty minutes to dry. Right, the uh, that product that uh, cedar side, yeah, is the name of it. Uh huh. And uh, then I I mix uh, the pyrethrum with it too. I see. Yeah. They don't they don't mention that in the, the thing, but I just in small small amounts uh, in a spray bottle or anything else. So yeah, see that's the name of the company. Cedar side. You can go. You can Google that. Yeah. It. Uh, Cedar side, C E D A R, mm-hmm. C I D E. Yeah, yeah. And, and they have uh, it concentrate. And I'm going to stop at uh, at either uh, Geyser or Agway. I'm not sure which way I'm going home. I'm going to stop and see what they have for uh, yeah. for yeah. in for a pyrethrum spray, yard spray. And um, they got a yard sprayer where it's a bottle and you can mix it into it as a concentrate. Oh, okay. Put, like a put hose, it on your hose. Hose end deal? Yeah, okay. And it's a fan spray. Mm. Mm. So it doesn't take much. I think four uh, four ounces and, and uh, 22 ounces of bottle mixture, and then the hose spreads it out, so it's about 40 gallons. Oh, oh, wow. That would so do a fairly good size. The, yeah. Yeah, that's that probably just about right where the the yard that we're in now. Because the the dog is, you know, she goes out there and, well, heck, she'll roll in the grass or whatever. And uh, my wife found a tick last night on her, and you know, that's the thing you worry about is is her bringing in something. And but yeah. all right, well, it well, down to whatever works, and <laughs> it isn't all written down, so you've got to experiment with some stuff. <laughs> You know, everything from uh, household flour uh, yeah. screws up the respiratory system of certain insects. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you got to play with this stuff all the time. Yeah, I planted uh, some marigolds in with my cabbage this year to see how if they would affect the um, the cabbage moth any, but so far I'm spraying for yeah. the cabbage moth. <laughs> right. That's unbelievable. Um, instead of flour, they're saying also uh, baking powder. Oh yeah, because it uh, it has a better effect uh, as far as uh, following up their respiratory system. So is that dry or is it you spray yeah, it? Yeah, dry. Just dry, but, huh. but it lasts longer. <laughs> I'll be tired. Yeah, just baking powder. <laughs> well, there's another one I got to write down. Or baking powder. Baking powder, yeah. <laughs> and that's for the cabbage worm there. Any with anything, sure, because oh. it won't hurt you. Yeah, no, that that's a that's about as benign as you get. But if you uh, can follow up their respiratory system, plug it up and kill them, then that's that's uh, the best way to go, rather than some chemical. Well, the pyrethrum apparently there's some sort of sense in those two big long uh, 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 
Well, they aren't antenna. They're they're like uh, the legs of the tick, and there's some sensor in there, and then the pyrethrum messes that up, and they don't right. they don't want right. they don't want to burrow in and and reproduce. So uh, I've got uh, uh, leggings or bottom bottom things that are mm-hmm. all treated in it mm-hmm. that I can put on down for the bottom heart, part of my legs so they can't get up onto me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're gators. Oh, no kidding. Huh. Yeah, huh. yeah, and they're treated with. Uh, you could, yeah, you could take a regular uh, winter gator. Oh, sure, yeah. And uh, you yeah. know, um, yeah. bathe it in pyrethrum, and then uh, put them on. You're gonna need an air conditioner by the time you're done. Yeah, right. well, <laughs> a little, little fan, fan that blows down. <laughs> You'd be more uh, voted likely to move out of town. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe's uh, doing well. Here, here's a, a, a city kid yeah. that's really adapted to uh, growing things and enjoying uh, the outdoors. Quite a transformation from <laughs> where he came. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, there's quite a, quite a bit of difference from the North Bronx to <laughs> rural Vermont. Yeah, but you've done well. You have well, an interest, and still- that's, that's important. Well, I still, if it doesn't come out of my garden, I still do what I, what my grandmother used to do in the Bronx. We go to the A&P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All up trails, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Nice program. Thanks. All right. And I, I hope it's some of it's informative to your listeners. Well, thanks, for No, I really appreciate it. We all learn that. from each other. Yep, yep. All right. Okay, thanks. We'll uh, talk to you. Appreciate it. Bye now. Okay. And as we push another button and we say, um, your first name in town, you're on the air with Peter. Yeah. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Hi, Peter. Hey. Hey. uh, Cinnamon works, too. Oh, is that right? And the the, uh, cedar stuff Forbes is talking about. Yeah. I get mine. It's out of text. I don't have the address in front of me. Well, it's all right. that to spray my horses. Oh, oh, for for to keep the ticks away. Keep the ticks away too. Yeah. Mm. So. I'll be darned. But I just figured I'd add that cinnamon. Cinnamon works. No, so how do you use the cinnamon? Are you just sort of sprinkle the powder just on, sprinkle, or do you make a paste yeah, or sprink, spray? Yeah, yeah, just sprinkle it around the ground. Yeah. Uh huh. Huh. It works pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Cinnamon. Who to, who to thunk it? You know, the, the <laughs> something we love, yeah. they hate. <laughs> yeah. No, Forbes. He had a, quite a bit of information too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you guys. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate your call. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're yeah, going to add right. cinnamon to the mix. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see. Cinnamon uh, and garlic. <laughs> sounds like a recipe for something. It you doesn't know. It? I yeah. Throw in a couple of big, big squashes all chopped up, and we have ourselves a great meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. Well, yeah. that's it. Uh, do we need to take a break? I, or? I think we. I think I'm just thinking of my my grandmother's. Cinnamon, I, I, I thought she had this magic shaker. This is when I had to be like mm. five or six years old. Yeah. But she had this old metal, it was like a big salt shaker. Yep. You couldn't see inside. It was yep. all like tin. Oh. And she would, she'd butter my toast and yep. then she'd sprinkle it on top. Oh boy. And, and it was simply a mixture of cinnamon and sugar. Sugar. Yeah, absolutely. But, you, you know, but uh, to the five year old, it was this magic powder. And when she wasn't <laughs> looking every now and then, I'd Sprinkle some on my arm and then lick my arm. <laughs> oh, well, I remember my mom doing the same thing. She would butter it, uh, the toast, and then she'd put that cinnamon sugar on, and then she'd put it in the the broiler. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and it just melted, and it was <laughs> oh Lord. Well, that's in the day when they thought sugar was food. You know. <laughs> well, when we try, okay. Well, we're going to go see if we can find the dingling ice cream truck that goes around the neighborhood. <laughs> during the next five minutes, and okay. then we'll be back, okay? <laughs> yep. And uh, once again, here's Peter. Hey, Joel. So um, let's see. One of the things I wanted to make sure to remind everybody to pick up those mason jars this year. Remember last year we ran out of mason jars, actually fairly early. By August, uh, all the cupboards were bare. Um, uh, when I went into Agway and, and uh, guys uh, um, in Montpelier there, uh, they were they were out of and had them on order, back order. So if if you plan on doing some 
some uh, canning. Uh, make sure that you count your jars and see if you need any more. Um, and that, uh, uh, so they're not caught up short. And just a reminder that this is the time that you want to, you want to double check your, your cupboards and, uh, pantries and see if you have enough, uh, enough mason jars, uh, covers, caps, rings, all that stuff. Um, and because it will be canning season soon. And in fact, uh, uh, the uh green beans are starting to to come so you know if if you plan on canning them or, or even freezing them um check on your supply of the the I use those nice little freezer boxes the little square ones with the green lid on them and and uh, those work so well in the, in the freezer because you can stack them really easily and um you put them in bags and next thing you know that plastic is slippery and next thing you know they're sliding all over the place and you got them on the floor <laughs> So anyway, um, uh, that's that's my reminder. Now we're going to pick up with picking. Um, the picking, uh, one of the things that uh, that I have now that is just absolutely lush is uh, peppermint. And uh, it's uh, just a perfect time to cut all that and stick that in the dryer so you have peppermint for your uh, for your tea right through. Uh, well, right through the whole season. I usually, we usually do about a gallon jar of, of, uh, dried peppermint, uh, leaves just to keep us in the, um, keep us in that tea. And it's so easy to make and, uh, you know, you're, you're probably paying, uh, for that little box of peppermint, uh, in the, in the nice little pouches and stuff. You're, you're probably paying about, you know, $50 a pound for that. And uh, you can do a gallon jar, and in a fairly short, uh, for a fairly short time, I have a, a nine tray uh, Excalibur. Well, I used to have one, and I plan to have another one soon. Um, and you know, after a few days of drying, they dry out pretty quickly, and uh, um, you fill that gallon jar, and you're set for. We're set for the for the whole uh, season. Um, and then we also, um, if you've planted any of the Tulsi, uh, the holy basil, as they call it, um, this is about the time that you want to start uh, picking those leaves. Uh, you should have some flowers and dry the flowers right along with the leaves because uh, that just makes it so much sweeter and so much more delicious. And that those should be starting to flower very soon. So that's another thing to pick Um uh, for uh, from the garden as you're as you're going around. So picking oh and freezing. Well, we just started talking about that a little bit. The green beans you want to freeze. Um, any of the fruits that have come along, that's it. Uh, you want to you put those in the freezer and uh, and drying. Okay, I talked about that a little bit. Um, this you may uh, find that you can get a good bargain on cantaloupe right about now, or the uh, pears right about now, or fairly soon. And we dry those in that dryer, and that just makes a season-long, wonderful pantry item. We like that quite a bit. And don't forget to plant that next round of salad. Research a little bit, find out which salad greens, which lettuces, uh, like the heat and go ahead and keep planting, uh, you know, every, every week or every two weeks so that you always have some fresh lettuce coming. And let's see. So I covered all of my maintenance stuff. Oh, uh, did we talk about weeding? I think that we did. Weeding, I have always said the best definition of a weed is just simply a plant out of place. And because if you um, if you uh, grow and plant and process uh, uh, tomatillas and put them in your compost bin, you'll have tomatillas as one of the worst weeds in your garden. But uh, <laughs> they're easy to pull. And then cherry tomatoes, they tend to plant themselves, where, you know, but you can always tell them because they come up in a little bunch. So, um, you know, weeds can be anything from dandelions to tomatoes, and <laughs> it's just a plant out of place. <laughs> so you want to make sure you get in there and weed and make sure you get those weeds before they, uh, before they seed. And what else do we have? I, I just noticed uh, on, uh, on Facebook 
that uh, David Zuckerman uh, has uh, cherry tomatoes at his uh, garden. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, little ye- the ye- yellow cherry tomatoes. Oh, yeah. He yeah. Says, let's see. How does he put it? Uh, bump, 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 bump. Cherry tomato candy. I candies, have a very like... limited number of pints of cherry tomatoes, but he's got some <laughs> early ones. He might be using the secret. Yeah. He, <laughs> the also, he also has some cucumbers I can see. And, oh, really? Wow, yeah. Oh. Yeah, things are things are early. He also uh, sells these lovely bunnies, and he points out that they're not meat bunnies. Oh no, no. <laughs> they're just too cute. They're angoras for the wool. Oh, so most people keep them for the six yeah. to nine years of their lives. Yes. Well, yes. but my, they are the cutest little things. Yeah. My son's girlfriend has has a one like that, and they are cute. She just likes to carry it around because it's so fluffy and soft. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a. a what do they call it? Angora, a, yeah. A comfort pet. Oh, know. comfort pet, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah I, uh, I, I go around with my beagle saying it's my, she's my disservice dog. <laughs> you know. but I love her still. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who leads who right. in that case? <laughs> oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did I make any other notes? Uh, oh, the pyrethrum. I wanted to talk about that with the ticks, but we covered that pretty well, I think, didn't we? Yeah. I'm not knocking on wood. I'm a guy that goes into the deep woods mm-hmm. every day with my beagle. Mm-hmm. And we, we are, knock, knock on wood here. Yeah. We are yet to see tick one this season. No kidding. Yeah. And uh, last oh, you year, are so la- lucky. Last year, I didn't see any on the dog, but I do have this expensive tick collar. Cost sixty bucks. You know, it's supposed to be impregnated with all this. Oh, anti. And you know, um, yeah. Soresto, Soresto, like they say on the commercial. That's what it is. So and it works. And as much as that, I haven't seen any ticks on the dog. Last year, I picked one off myself. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but not not on the not on the dog. But this yeah. this 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 year this. Uh, you know, it's calendar year 2021, yet to see tick number one. I know I've jinked myself. Yeah, yeah, you, you know that, right? We're going to have to get you a tick call. I know there will be more ticks on me after this. It's like Burphy's law, you know. If it can, if if it can happen, it will happen. You know. Well, it's 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 something. There's an irony there about this. The, the whole Lyme disease thing is that there you can give your dog a, a shot to, mm. to to prevent you know a vaccine right. for for Lyme disease, but you can't get a shot for Lyme disease because the first uh, Lyme disease vaccination that came out, they had so many lawsuits that they finally just took it off the market and said to heck with it. So Anyway, uh, let's see. We have another caller oh. and on the line. So, yeah, you're next on the air with uh, Peter. Your first name in town, please. Yeah, uh, this is Jerry over in Mortown. Hi there. Hey, Jerry. Yeah, I'm not hearing you very well. I don't know oh. what the problem is. Oh, well, uh, do you have your radio on? Yeah, but I've got it way, way down low. Okay, all right. Well, well I, the only thing I wanted to mention was that uh, you guys have been picking things, but you jumped right by raspberries. We've been picking raspberries here. Uh, we picked our first quad this week. So wow. Is that early for that's you? That's something you folks haven't mentioned. You're right. You're right. Um, that's usually, I expect them more in August than in July. Is that early for you, or is that... Oh, that, no, no. That, that's that's well, when you... We've been picking for years, you know. We, yeah. we have the strawberries, then we have raspberries, then blueberries are always last, first of August. Okay. All right. Good. Well, that's great. I'm glad you mentioned that to us. Because um, I hadn't heard anybody, uh, any yeah. of these folks mention that this morning. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, nobody uh, uh, nobody mentioned it, and I didn't mention it either. I was sort so, of thinking. Uh, I was wondering, too, what are you using now uh, for potatoes? My potatoes are up beautiful. They're all in blossom. Yeah. Uh, I used to get a... A powder with copper in it, but I don't know if I can get that anymore. You can get the spray with uh, copper and, and spray it on. And actually, no, you can get the powder still. I, I saw it at Agway the other day. You did. You yeah. did see that. Yeah. Oh, that's great because yeah. I'm going out first of the week and I'm going to get another bag of that. Yeah. That stuff works beautiful. Yeah. Now you're using that for the potato beetle? The Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, the, the, you can still get that from, from what I saw just the other day, so. Oh, well, I'm glad you told me that because I, I thought, they keep doing away, you know, you get I something know. that works well and the first yeah. thing you know you can't find it anymore. Yeah, I know, I know. 
We went well, and, I appreciate your service, sir. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And thank us. Thank you for letting us know about oh, the. Oh, that was my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care, Terry. <laughs> well, so we miss the raspberries, boy. Well, actually, my neighbor. Well, now that I think of it, he does pick your own uh, pick your own raspberries. But I haven't been driving up that way because we're not in the house yet. <laughs> uh, the, the Mazas out in Colchester have pick your own. I haven't stopped by oh, either oh. of them, but I uh, do see raspberries on the list. What yeah. a great thing to put yeah. to freeze. Now yeah. that we're talking yeah. about freezers, but yeah, I like to freeze the blueberries and the raspberries and and then uh, uh, I forgot the. This time of year, well, you can get an early, um, a regular raspberry, but you can also get an everbearing or a late raspberry too. So, um, well, that's that sounds delicious to me. I'm all set. Well, we should take this opportunity to invite people next Saturday for yep. in the garden, in which we will be uh, out on the street, out in Stowe Street. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it'll be our official WDEV 90th anniversary celebration. So, uh, beginning, um, in the eight o'clock hour with, uh, the uh, bonus edition of the trading post, uh, we will be outside, uh, amid full festivities celebrating and we will set up our broadcast equipment outside. So you'll hear the, the trading post, music to go to the dump by, the outlaw Saturday morning with Jack and then uh, the midday news service. And I'll turn it back to the super pros, Lee and uh, uh, Lee Cattell and Brady Farkas. We'll do our 12 to 1230 news, uh, midday news service, Saturday edition, uh, live and in color out on the street. And then, uh, uh, Peter Burke and uh, yours truly <laughs> will be out there as well. If the extension cord uh, is long enough, well, we'll be out there, and we certainly invite you to come, enjoy the program, listen, watch, and may- maybe even ask your questions in person. That's right. We uh, will be out there playing in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, we might plant a few sunflowers in the in the. We have to have those wonderful baskets. I know they have the evergreen yeah. trees around the. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, in the colder months, but there's no reason why we can't plant a few. Petunias in them uh, this time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's uh, that sounds like that'll uh, that should be fun. Yep. Uh, They're going to close off the whole street there, the Stowe Street. That's right. From uh, I guess they'll close it from little before eight o'clock, and I think until uh, about maybe three in the afternoon or thereabouts. So all right, good. And uh, and from what I understand, they're they're doing the the Salt Waterbury. Fireworks tonight. Yeah, that's tonight. What's happening now in the, if you see uh, vendors setting up and uh-huh. uh, changing traffic patterns, yep. certainly by three o'clock, uh, Stowe Street and parts of Main Street will be closed off as we have the not quite Independence Day <laughs> parade and celebration in Waterbury. It's usually a week or two before Independence Day this year, a week afterwards. afterwards. But that's taking place today. Yeah, yeah. And so then, there's one more place to watch fireworks. Yeah, fire. So four o'clock. Uh, will be the actual parade, mm-hmm. and then uh, the uh, out at the uh, the ball field, and in Rusty Parker Park there'll be uh, vendors and all kinds of fun taking place, and then uh, come dark. Well, yep. there'll be a concert. There'll be a concert, oh. and then come uh, dark uh, it'll be the fireworks all happening in the lovely uh, burg of Waterbury today. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. Yep. So not so independent day. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And next week we'll be uh, out on the street, but also in the garden. (laughs) Playing in the dirt uh, out in the street. On WDEV. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden on WDEV today has been brought to you by... Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flower and Garden Shop, Main Street, Waitsfield. 
by Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, Main Street, Colchester. Your locally owned Montpelier Agway Farm and Garden on East Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores, four locations to serve you. Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PNR Lumber, family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need. Right there on Route 15 in Wolcott. By the Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. By Dandelion Acres Garden Center, Vermont Route 107 in Bethel. And by Poly Construction, a contractor you can trust, where one call does it all. Poly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington. Do join us again next Saturday at 1230 for a very special edition of In the Garden on WDEV.